the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Why are people afraid to debate? Have you noticed this? We see fewer and fewer people willing to stand by their assertions and debate other people with contrasting views. Why is this? What are people afraid of? Now, part of it is we've let them get away with it. We've seen campaigns where one side will not show up to debate. The other side is standing there with no one else on the debate stage. And the person who didn't show up gets elected. So it works in many cases, in some cases. And so people just feel like, why should I have to go stand up there and defend my ideas? It's not good. The reason that we debate in society is to get further to facts and truth and evidence. And, And what's wrong with that? I would think everyone would want truth and evidence and fact-based arguments, but it's not happening. And even at the high school level, debate societies are now cutting out certain topics because they feel like the kids can't handle them emotionally or socially, or they're just too insensitive. This is not good. This is not good in any way, shape, or form. But fortunately, there is some pushback. And we're going to tell you about it. First, we're going to tell you about how bad this problem is. And then we're going to tell you what is going on to counter it. And that is next. Welcome to the Michelle Tafoya podcast. James Fishback, it's great to have you back. This is your third appearance. I think it's third. And it's rare that I have people on three times. So you're in this rare. But I I feel like what you are bringing to light and to 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 pu- the public eye is so important, James. Um, again, let's remind our listeners, viewers, what your background in debate is and why you're so drawn to this topic. Well, Michelle, thank you for having me back. It's good to be here for a third time, the trifecta, mm-hmm. if you will. Yeah. Debate for me has been my life. I joined the high school debate team my freshman year, did it for all four years. I had an awful stutter coming into high school. Debate helped me overcome that. Debate exposed me to a wide range of perspectives, got me thinking about the other side of important issues. And I came back to debate in 2017 after college as a volunteer debate coach at an underserved high school in Miami, not too far from where I grew up. And as I chronicled in those articles last summer in the free press, at high school debate, debate is no longer allowed. Students are punished and penalized for speaking truth, for saying things like, quote, illegal immigration is bad for defending Israel's right to defend itself. And so debate was no longer about this exchange and this battle of ideas, whoever's idea won on the merit. No, it was actually now about who could better fulfill the left-wing political ideology of their judge. And so debate has been the world to me. And I'm, I'm honored to be back here talking about debate, but in a different way. Yeah, you have founded Incubate Debate to counter what is going on nationally within high school debate in particular. We're seeing two things. We're seeing certain topics being avoided altogether. And then in some cases, we're seeing debate avoided altogether. Politicians backing out of debates, just running 
uh, without actually confronting their opponents about issues and topics. So I think this is a two pronged thing, um, which is which is worse <laughs> if you can even say one is worse than the other. It's it's tough because we've seen a steady decline in debating in America. And I just don't mean what's happening at a Saturday debate tournament in the world of high school competitive debate. I'm talking about the presidential debates, which sound like dueling press conferences opposed to the debates in 1960 between Richard Nixon and John F. Kennedy. I'm talking about the debates on talk shows. I mean, when's the last time you turned into CNN and they had a real Republican? And I'm not talking about Liz Cheney, a real America first Republican debating with someone like a Jake Tapper. What happened to Crossfire? What happened to the shows where you actually had competing opinions on both sides? We saw this firsthand, Michelle, in this pandemic, where if you even tried to debate lockdowns, school closures, mask mandates for infants, you were literally shut down and censored. And we saw the real world impacts of shrinking the debates in public policy and on health for children. And so America is suffering right now. We have a lack of debate in our society, robust ability to exchange ideas over, over differences. And I think right. that's contributing to some really awful outcomes that we're all bearing with. And some of those outcomes are? Well, one of those outcomes I would say right off the bat is we're putting in place some really bad policies because we're not having an honest and open discussion about them. You look at the pandemic. I mean, you were shut down on Twitter. Your account was pulled for simply saying that masks on kids makes absolutely no sense. If you expressed skepticism about vaccine side effects, your posts were taken down. And so I look at something like that and say, wait, hold on a second. Aren't young men like me 14 times more likely to be exposed to myocarditis as a result of this vaccine? And wouldn't have been nice to know that before millions of men took it? No, we couldn't know that because debate had been shut down. Wouldn't have been nice to know that school closures that have affected tens of millions of children that have contributed to illiteracy and innumeracy across the board? Well, we should have had a debate on that, but we didn't because the powers that be from big tech to big media, shut those debates down. And so we're going to be living, Michelle, with the consequences of the lack of debate during the pandemic. And what we need to do right now is bring debate back in the fold in all areas of public life. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. I agree with that. I was disappointed that Donald Trump did not participate in the debates. It was a strategic move that I think a calculation that paid off for him. The others just beat themselves up and he had rallies and, you know, had as many, if not more viewers every single more every single time. But that's not that's not what you want. You want people to show up. Um, now, if, if we're looking forward and we're saying it's going to be Biden Trump, 
Yeah. We're afraid that, you know, they're, they're not going to put Biden in front of Trump to debate him. And I, this is this is scary to me. It's, it's as though we're covering up flaws in arguments, flaws in people, flaws in ideas, and we're not searching for what's best for the country. And so if that happens, I mean, are, are people accepting this more and more as just this is the way it is? Or do you think people are opening their eyes to the fact that this is this is not a good idea to shut down argument, civil conversation, debate? Yes, I think people are coming around to it. I think we're, to tell you the truth, Michelle, I think we're past peak woke in this country. And part of that woke industrial complex was if you have an opinion that is not in keeping with progressive orthodoxy, you're a bigot and you need to be deplatformed. And so just because we're past peak woke doesn't mean we haven't plateaued or, or we're coming back to normalcy, call that pre-2005 or so. But what I will say is that people are fed up. They want to see real debate. Um, look at what happened at school board meetings, Michelle, last year when parents had the unmitigated gall to go to school board meetings and have honest debates with those elected officials to petition their government. They were called by the Federal Bureau of Investigation domestic terrorists. They were investigated. They were excoriated by the powers that be. And so when I look at groups like Moms for Liberty, I see moms who deeply care about this country, who are petitioning their government and wanting to have an honest debate. I always think about this quote from Vivek Ramaswamy, the path to truth runs through free speech and open debate. We can't get to truth. And by truth, I don't mean someone's lived experience or your truth or right. my truth. My truth, yours, right. right, yeah. I mean the singular, the one and only, the undeniable truth. We can't have that if we can't have a robust exchange of ideas. And more and more that I talk to people about this, about debate in all forms, we need to see more of it, Republicans and Democrats. There's a fringe minority, Michelle, of course, who is outspoken that says, no, we can't talk about transgender healthcare, whatever that, whatever that means. We can't talk about a border because that's racist, even having that conversation. Liz Wheeler, a conservative activist, went to James Madison University last year to have a debate, to have a conversation about gender-affirming care. And you know who threatened to shut them down, Michelle? You know who protested their appearance? The college debate team at that university. They said, look, we're for open debate, but this issue cannot be debated. No issue, in my opinion, is beyond debate. Uh, that is absolutely, now that is a truth. <laughs> no issue should be beyond debate. I mean, even if someone wants to say, you know, I don't believe the space landing happened. Fine, right. let's debate it. Sit down and let's talk about it and let's exchange uh, our arguments and let's figure it out. Because, right. you know, th th that's worth, if, if you don't believe it, fine, tell me why. Tell me where I'm wrong and I'll try to counter. All right. So at the high school level, um, you've noticed that certain topics are being eliminated from the debate scene. And it's like what you just said, that, no, we can't debate this because it's racist or because the judge deems it insensitive. Or what. what are some examples that people would be surprised to hear? Well, I'm going to read directly, just go straight to the facts, Michelle. I'm going to read directly from the minutes of the Competition Rules Board of the National Speech and Debate Association. They're effectively the NCAA of high school debate. They've been around for nearly 100 years. Here's what they say, quote, the Competition Rules Board received feedback from the African-American Coaches Caucus that the previous LD topic resolved 
civil disobedience in a democracy is morally justified, was putting new students in a position to argue or listen to arguments that are not aligned with their own beliefs about social equity and justice, especially in the context of protests against racism and police brutality that have occurred across the world. As a result, the Competition Rules Board meeting voted to replace this topic and resources by 2023 and 2024. They canceled a debate because a fringe minority of people were not willing to not just take the other side, but not even willing to listen to the other side of arguments like the BLM riots were perfect and were totally peaceful. It's um, it's a little crazy and it's really sad yes. to to shelter people from just discussion, civil discourse about ideas that they may be uncomfortable with. I think the way to sharpen kids' tool sets, the way to sharpen character, the way to build scar tissue is by being uncomfortable. I mean, that's that's where that's where the development, the growth, the learning, the improvement happens. So I it's it's amazing to me that this is tolerated. Why do you think it is? I think it's tolerated, Michelle, for the same reasons that punishing students for unintentionally misgendering someone or saying that there are just two genders are tolerated. Their ideas are so flawed and so broken that they fear that even entertaining a conversation about the other side will expose them for what they probably deep down know is the frauds that they are. And so when I look at something like this, I'm a, I'm a pro-life Catholic. I've, I've been that way since I was a kid. I've understood the dignity of life. But you know, I welcomed debates in high school about Roe v. Wade. No question. They made me uncomfortable. It was tough, but I welcomed those debates. I welcomed debates. And I think students across the country welcomed those debates. In fact, most people welcomed this debate about civil disobedience. It had been the topic for the first portion of the season, now going back decades. In fact, people on Twitter had mentioned that they had debated this topic in the 80s and 90s, and now it was taken down because, again, a fringe minority. They care about equity. They care about safe spaces. They don't actually care about nurturing honest, open conversations. Yes, learning should be uncomfortable. That's a feature, not a bug. You sort of mentioned a timeline here. You, you were in high school and debated all of these topics robustly. And you, you mentioned that like around 2005, maybe something flipped or started to change, or that was the beginning of this wokeness uh, era. Um, yeah. What do you think happened? Well, I think it, it really happened in, in stages, Michelle. There's that old Hemingway quote, you know, how did this happen gradually and then suddenly? I've got to say, in, as an unapologetic conservative, my own party has been awful at this in the past. You look, for example, at the debates around the Patriot Act and the way that Republican, the Republican establishment shut down sincere and legitimate criticisms of that bill. You saw that the way that Republicans and even some Democrats were sidelined during the debate about the Iraq war, which we now know was disastrous. And so I think both parties are guilty of this. I really saw it in earnest. Think about 0405, especially, you know, if you even questioned the Iraq war, you were a traitor. We see now Tucker even having an open conversation with President Putin. Now the European Union wants to sanction him. But I really think that that was part of the gradual. And then the sudden comes when a certain man comes down the escalator in July of 2015. And yeah. something broke with Trump. They became psychiatrically ill just thinking about debating him and having a conversation where you couldn't even bring it. I mean, we saw this teacher in Washington State went all the way to the federal court system, the appellate courts, 
that they were punished, a teacher, for showing up to a professional development workshop with a MAGA hat. I mean, we wouldn't say anything if they showed up in a Biden-Harris hat. They certainly wouldn't say anything. But showing up in a hat that says, make America great again, is a punishable offense. And so these debates, by the way, incubate debate is leaning into them. Michelle, we just announced our topics for our fourth annual national championship, which will be in two months' time. Let me just read them to you if I can. Is there a climate emergency? Is Trump guilty in the federal January 6th case? If China invades Taiwan tomorrow, should the U.S. defend Taiwan? And should colleges abolish DEI programs? These are the topics that kids not only want to be debating, but should be debating. They're part of our national discourse. They are that. They're all very hot topics. They're important. They're having an impact. You you were talking about, um, you know, whether or not you supported vaccines, whether or not you were against the war in Iraq and and how these debates and things got shut down. And I can't help. My train of thought goes to money, 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 that big tech, that big pharma, and that all of these groups have so much money with which to advertise and lobby our politicians and either keep them in office or get them booted out of office, that it really feels like it's money that controls all of this and and not not truth, not debate. How important is money in this whole thing? It seems to be very important. It seems that you can always follow the money. Occam's razor, right? The simplest explanation is usually the right one. And that is, well, the reason why you couldn't talk about the Pfizer vaccines on social media sites is because Pfizer is one of the largest advertisers on those sites and in the mainstream media. You watch CNN brought to you by Pfizer. You watch these professional sports games brought to you by Pfizer. They send out Travis Kelsey to get the Pfizer shot. And, And so when I look at all of this, I say, hold on, let's get money out of this for just a second. Let's actually have an open dialogue because I'll tell you, if you want to count dollars and cents, What is bad for American capitalism and bad for our constitutional republic is to stifle open conversations because the select few don't want to be able to have the American people hear the other side. Well, and it's a a very select few that have that kind of money that can quash this stuff. I am so grateful to journalists, to you, to people, the free press, people that are willing to kind of pick at this scab and say, look at what is going on. Open your eyes. It takes courage. And I'm afraid there's not as much of it uh, around these days as we really need. I hope that's changing. I I love your organization, Incubate Debate. And where is this national championship? And, And if you could just tell people if they're interested to find out more, how they can follow it. Absolutely. It's You can learn more at incubatedebate.org. It's going to be in Jacksonville, Florida. It's our fourth annual one. This is the top 100 young men and women who have been participating in our programs all season. It's going to be a really special event. You just heard the topics. We lean into controversy. We want to rip straight from the headlines to have honest debates with students. Michelle, I've had pressure from coaches in the past and students in the past to cancel debate topics. The most recent one was in the spring of 2022 over Governor DeSantis's parental rights and education bill, which the left smeared as don't say gay. I had, my phone was literally right. blowing up. Cancel that topic. There's only one side. The other side is homophobic and racist and bigoted. And I said, look, guys, it's a topic. It's a debate. You can pick what side you're on. Look at the research, do the research. And they said, okay, fine. 
when that debate happened, I was thinking best case scenario, we'll have 90% of kids on one side, 10% on the other. Michelle, after the kids spent the month doing the research, that, that, that debate happened 50-50 right down the middle and they had a really good conversation. It's amazing what an open marketplace of ideas and curiosity can do. So we invite people to come out if they're in person, if they want to travel to Jacksonville to join us. I always tell our kids, Michelle, this is more than a debate tournament. They are celebrating the great tradition of American debate. Our, our country's founding was preceded by some pretty vigorous debates. The establishment of the Constitution was preceded by some very vigorous debates. The Civil Rights Act preceded by some very vigorous debates and so many other countless examples. And so if I could sum up what we're doing in four words, we are going to make debate great again. <laughs> well, you you are doing that. I congratulate you on this effort. It cannot be easy to sort of rewrite, uh, not the rules, but yeah, kind of rewrite the rules of what yeah. debate is supposed to be. Actually, you're going back to the original rules. Someone else tried to rewrite them and you're saying, no, 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 let's get back to what debate is supposed to be about. But it takes it takes courage and strength. I'm glad you're doing this. It, how how has it grown? I, I want I want something to be hopeful about. How have you seen incubate debate grow over the last four years? Tremendously, tremendously. When we first spoke in June, since then we have tripled our students to over five thousand. We're now in three states: Florida, Georgia, and South Carolina. And look for more news coming soon about how we're going to be expanding. And the quality is expanding too. We've got great judges. You know, their, their tournaments, who are they judged by? 80% of them are college kids who are studying gender studies or African-American intersectionality. Yeah. Who are our tournaments judged by? Veterans, first responders, local members of the judiciary, local state elected officials, veterans, all, they, they, all stripes and all parts of our society come out and judge our tournaments to give our students feedback. I'm reminded you bring up kind of rewriting the rewriting of the rules. You know, President Nixon had a great <laughs> quote. You want to both do something new and revive something old. And so, yes, we're bringing back the debate that someone like Justice Neil Gorsuch would know. He was the national champion in 1982 in this old world of debate. But we're also doing something new, Michelle. We're making things no cost so we can bring students from all socioeconomic backgrounds into debate. We're bringing in this engaged citizen judging model where we again bring veterans, first responders, community organizers, faith-based leaders to the table to evaluate and adjudicate our students. And we're doing it in a way that says that, look, it's not just about a trophy. It's not about qualifying and becoming the Incubate National Champion. It's about making this country great and bridging the divides and the differences that the media and big tech are so keen on using against us. And so we're going to do it. I'm so grateful to have your support, to have an opportunity to come out here and speak with your listeners. But it's going to be a great, great tournament. And um, we're going to do something special for these kids. I love it. I love that it's no cost. So naturally, people, if you want to give, if you want to support, incubatedebate.org, incubatedebate.org. He is James Fishback. Read his stuff any chance you get. Follow him on Twitter. Uh, because this is really, really important. And I love the effort you're putting behind this. It is so necessary right now. Thank you for that. Well, thank you, Michelle. IncubateDebate.org. He's a great example of being brave and doing good. So like I sign off every single time, join him in that effort, be brave, do good, and we will see you next time.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.